Good evening and welcome to this evening's edition of the Richard Urban Show. I'm your host, Richard Urban. I'm coming to you from historic Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. This is the second part of an eight-part series titled The Great Fraud, the COVID-19 Agenda. Tonight's episode is What Are the Real Number of Deaths and COVID-19 Cases? So we're going to look at that question tonight. Also, we should consider what data can be trusted. So I'm not going to look at any data for Communist China. You can't trust any data that comes out of Communist China. It's not verifiable. We are going to look at, though, a number of other sources of data, obviously. So in a journal of the American Medical Association research paper published March 23rd, there was a review of the reported deaths in Italy. And as we know, Italy had one of the highest reports of COVID-19 disease deaths. So the paper reviewed 355 patients and it found that the mean age of the patients was 79 and a half years old and that each of the patients had on average 2.7 comorbidity factors. So that means they had one, two, or three and obviously, you see, the majority had more than one, so two or three factors that contributed to their death. Only out of the 355 patients, three patients, that's less than 1%, had no pre-existing conditions. So if they died and were tested positive for coronavirus, that is COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, then they counted that as a coronavirus death, whereas actually only three people could be definitively defined as that was the cause of death because they had no other factors. In other words, these people could well have died from their other conditions, but they counted it as a COVID-19 death. That would explain the high death count. In Spain, all the deaths outside the hospital are counted as COVID-19 deaths. And in Great Britain, they're now counting also deaths outside of the hospital. And even without testing, they are counting possible COVID-19 deaths that they think might be from COVID-19. Does that sound similar? It's the same game plan as, in, as they're doing also in Italy. They're doing, you know, doing the same thing. So in the United States, also you see a similar pattern. Most of the people are age 70 or older and have underlying conditions. So, but, but you don't often hear about this. In fact, if you look on the New York Times database, they say they have detailed information on the deaths. What does that mean? It means they're trying to count as many as possible. That's what it means. Well, their detailed information doesn't include the age or the fact that the person had any underlying conditions, which means it's basically garbage. So you can just ignore that. So if we're really seeing a surge of 
deaths from COVID-19 disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus from that originated in Wuhan, China, then we should see a lot more deaths in general and hospitals overflowing with patients. But do we see that? Well, you may see pictures like this picture here of the Jacob Javits Center, but you don't see any patients in there, do you? And there are many other, you know, uh, people taking pictures of hospitals that aren't busy at all or that are completely empty. Also, we need to look at the, or how do you say, overall morbidity, but look at the flu, for example, and see if, you know, this um, supposed pandemic is causing more deaths than the flu. Well, in the worst flu season in, in recent years was the 2017 to 18 flu season in the United States. And according to the CDC, there were 79,000 deaths from the flu. So far this flu season, the CDC indicates there are 23,000 deaths, and 139 of those are children. And that so far this flu season, there are 38 million cases of the flu in the United States. Now, as you can see in this, uh, in 2017 to 18, some hospitals set up clinics in their parking lot because of this severe flu season. So, also in West Virginia, there were, in uh, 2017, 449 people died from the flu or pneumonia. 69% of those are age 75 years or older. Well, right now, so far, it's April 4th now, we have two deaths in West Virginia uh, from the um, COVID-19 disease. One is an 88-year-old woman. So did that woman die of COVID-19? Who knows? Another is a uns person of unspecified age and with several underlying health conditions. So... And then there are um, some 192 cases in West Virginia. And the whole state is locked down. Or there's a stay-at-home order. So effectively, businesses are shut down. Does that make any sense at all, Governor Justice? Zero sense. There's no evidence of excess mortality or hostels being over overflowing. I'm not just talking about West Virginia. I'm talking about anywhere. I'm talking about in Germany, even in New York City. They don't have information. No one's reporting how many hospital beds are available. And you don't see the picture of those uh, places in, uh, how do you say, Jacob Javis Center filled up. So it seems like an agenda is being pushed to make uh, this kind of um, case, not kind of, that we're having this serious crisis when we're not. We're not seeing excess mortality. And we're not seeing, um, how do you say, hospitals overflowing with patients. I'd like to read from an article from The Spectator by John Lee. He is from Great Britain. So I'm going to read from that now. Clearly, the various lockdowns will slow the spread of COVID-19, so there will be fewer cases. 
when we relax the measures, there will be more cases again. But this need not be a reason to keep the lockdown. The spread of cases is only something to fear if we are dealing with an unusually lethal virus. That's why the way we record data will be hugely important. Unless we tighten criteria for recording death due only to the virus, as opposed to being present in those who died from other conditions, the official figures may show a lot more deaths apparently caused by the virus than is actually the case. What then? How do we measure the health consequences of taking people's lives, jobs, leisure, and purpose away from them to protect them from an anticipated threat, which causes least harm? The moral debate is not lives versus money. It's lives versus lives. It will take months, perhaps years, if ever, before we can assess the wider implications of what we are doing. The damage to children's education, the excess suicides, the increase in mental health problems, the taking away of resources from other health problems that we're dealing with effectively. Those who need medical help now, but won't seek it or might not be offered it. And what about the effects on food production, global commerce? That'll have unquantifiable consequences for people of all ages, perhaps especially in developing economies. Governments everywhere say they're responding to the science. The policies in the UK are not the government's fault. They're trying to act responsibly based on the scientific advice given. But governments must remember that rush science is almost always bad science. We have decided on policies of extraordinary magnitude without concrete evidence of excess harm already occurring, and without proper scrutiny of the science used to justify them. In the next few days and weeks, we must continue to look critically and dispassionately at the COVID-19 evidence as it comes in. Above all else, we must keep an open mind and look for what is, not for what we fear might be. So that is John Lee writing in The Spectator. So again, we don't see excess mortality, and he mentions that earlier in the article. We don't see hospital beds overflowing. In fact, we see the opposite. If you go online, you can see that many people are taking pictures of empty hospitals. And also the fact that in New York City, you can't get any data about how many hospital beds are available. But uh, I did find this article for Tennessee. It said there are just in only in Memphis, 966 empty beds, empty beds and in a region one. I'm not sure exactly what region it is, but another part of Tennessee, there are 338 empty beds. That's a lot of empty beds. But yet they think they might need more. That's crazy. Also in San Miguel County, Colorado, where they have instituted testing of everyone who wants to be tested, or I think, yeah, it's of course voluntary, but they're testing basically everyone. So out of about 1,000 people, they found less than 1% were affected. They said there are eight positive tests. However, they're not revealing, it'd be helpful if they did, how many active cases there are. They're, for all we know, there might not be any. They did say that most of the people did not know they had the virus. So many people don't know they have the virus, i.e. it's not serious, which means the actual death rate is much lower. So the, as I just said, there are no reported cases of deaths among children in the United States and basically in the world, few if any. So that means that it's a very mild virus and that we're looking at a massive fraud, as I've titled this series, by medical authorities and the media.
So I emphasize again, ask President Trump and all the governors to open the country now. Report real morbidity data this year versus last year. Like 449 people died in 2017 from the flu. That's, and that, you know, there's always some delay in reporting. So find out what's the morbidity data in West Virginia for last year this time. Is it like skyrocketing past that? Well, probably not for the two deaths. So why is our state shut down? That makes zero sense. And that's true of many, many other states too. How many hospital beds are empty in West Virginia? I've heard reports from those who work at hospitals that there are plenty of empty beds. Well, let's hear this numbers. How many empty beds? Are we getting overrun with cases? So it appears, as I said, there is an agenda going on here. We'll look at in the next episode and following ones what could be or is the motivation of those pushing this agenda that's causing this kind of misreporting, mass hysteria? So, President, Governor Justice, President Trump, open the country now, open the state now, end this massive fraudulent lockdown. How many people will commit suicide? How many people will have lose their homes? How many people, all those consequences? It's crazy in West Virginia, you know, the very, uh, very few cases and the cases that are mild, probably as we see in Colorado, people who did have it, didn't even know they had it. So, and there's no evidence that social distancing works. There's no studies that show it works. And we're making that the basis for a whole strategy. It's insane. It's crazy. Stop, stop. Governor Justice, this is insane. You're destroying our state. We're destroying our country. So let's look further into what's going on as we continue this series. I thank you very much for joining us this evening. I am your host, Richard Urban. I am coming to you from historic Harpersbury, West Virginia. We'll see you tomorrow, and do be blessed.